It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Brody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. So whenever I'm, like, in my feels, you know, when I'm being a moody millennial, I have to, I usually go to McDonald's. I open up my McDonald's app. That's how often I go there. I have the actual app. And then I I put in an order for a daily double meal, no salt, no mayo, no salt in the fries either. And then I'll get a, a large chocolate shake. Mm. And I'll just say, screw it. Mm-hmm. I'm just in. And then that's like guilt, my guilt-free meal. That, or if I'm feeling real, I do eat a lot of fast food. Or, or if I'm really feeling jazzy, I'll go over to White Castle and really say, screw it. You know, because if you're going to White Castle, you got to say, screw it. And give me some jalapeno cheeseburgers with a chicken breast sandwich on the side and a grape pop because they're one of the few places that have grapes. Oh, White Castle does? Uh-huh. Okay. One of the few places. Now, where Tevin Jenkins likes to eat, they have cream soda now. Mm. Trust me, I know all the... Like I said, I eat way too much of it. Wow. My doctor, clearly, I, I go to my doctor more often than people even understand. Yeah, you did light up when you heard that. Tevin Jenkins talking about that. So so let's hear from Tevin Jenkins and what his uh, his cheat is. That what, is his yeah, cheat? let me give a little yeah, bit of background on what we're talking about here. So Tevin Jenkins, obviously, back, and he was in a rotation for part of the time at left guard against Washington on Thursday night. And so, you know, now the question becomes, does he get the get a full game? Is, you know, and we don't know the answer to that question, too. But the other part with Tevin Jenkins is, can this guy stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? And there hasn't been anything crazy bad since the the back surgery. Last year he had the neck stuff going on. So yeah. he just keeps missing games. And so and he's aware of it. And so he's trying to do different things to become more healthy. And we talked to him earlier in the year. I think it was Pilates that he was talking about doing and you know, those focus kind of ex- exercises. Now, today, he was talking about, you know, diet, and he'll get into that, so, um, and it gets interesting. Here we go. I ain't going to lie, so I'm not a big cheese guy on my burger, so I do a, I do a, I do a Baconator, large strawberry lemonade, large, uh, large fry, get a 10-piece spicy nugget, and if I'm feeling it, maybe a frosting. Baked potato, baked potato. Oh, baked potato. Yeah, baked potato. Wendy's used to have and they said that wasn't ideal. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, that's not exactly the cut that I thought it was. So that that was just him talking about his order at Wendy's, where th- that's how he used to eat. There was the, the oh. cut that I thought it was had the build up to it, us asking him how he's going to eat now. Well, okay, what did you used to eat? I used to eat Wendy's, and that was his uh, order. Does that make more sense? So do we need to hear it again? I think we probably need to hear it I'm again. Here Just for, it. for here, that's full. That was it was driving me crazy in my head. So here's here it is in full context now. I ain't gonna lie. So I'm not a big cheese guy on my burger. So I do a I do a I do a baconator, large strawberry lemonade, large uh, large fry. You get a ten piece spicy nugget, and if I'm feeling it, maybe a frosting. Baked potato, baked potato. Oh, baked potato. Yeah, baked potato. When, Wendy's used to have. And they said that wasn't ideal? <laughs> no. <laughs> so what, what is he eating now, Gross? Well, he just said that there's a personal chef at the facility. There's a chef that will make you custom foods, and it, it doesn't have, as he said, no oils, greases, stuff like that. It's the, the hidden goodness, the stuff that you don't think about. Well, yeah, uh-huh. that's the, those, those are vegetables. Oh, but look, they were stir-fried in right. some bad oil or With something salt. like that. With salt. <laughs> like, there's right. mounds of salt. So 
that's what he's doing. But that was him, obviously, talking about the his big Wendy's order. Are you a when it comes to because you know Chicago? You know, obviously, people talk about us for having great pizza, but I, I would think we're also a great cheeseburger. Town. Oh yeah. And, you know, I know he said he doesn't like cheese on his burger, but when you're talking, like, for the hot dog, you know, people are like, don't put ketchup on your hot dog. And I think we can argue about that all well, day. Well, no, it's, that's a very simple argument. It's not a Chicago hot dog if you put ketchup on it. That's all. That's all. That's the only fight that the, the anti-ketchup people, yeah. that's the, that, that is it. If you, put, if you put ketchup, it's just not a Chicago dog. Feel free to put ketchup on your hot dog, but then you just can't call it a Chicago right, dog. Right, right. And then, yeah. like, the, the, the tomato is supposed to be what? The ketchup supposed to be. That's why I, 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 I guess what, I've never yeah. heard that, but that makes sense to I me. Mean, that's why, yeah, right? Because yeah, they want yeah. you to ruin it. But 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 my thing is this: my one argument that I always make to silly people that that say you know you shouldn't put ketchup on your hot dog. I say, do you put ketchup on your fries? And then they say, yeah. And I say, well, essentially, you're putting ketchup on your hot dog because you ate some fries and you ate, you ate a bite of the damn hot dog. Oh, so it's so mixed, so it's intertwined. So you, so you think you're not putting ketchup on your hot dog, but you're a fool. Oh, wow. Because you're actually doing it. Anyway. That counts. That counts. Even well, the, certainly. The mixing of the, di- the, the digestion process. It's all, it's all digesting it's together. All there. Yeah. All there. Uh, but what I was alluding to, though, was the fact that <laughs> when it comes to the cheeseburger, Tevin Jenkins, I'm not a bacon on my cheeseburger. Kind really? Of I don't like, I, I am not an egg, an egg or bacon guy on my burger. You? I like it. I definitely there are definitely times where I just want the cheese and and ketchup and that's it. Like sometimes no mustard, no onions. No, I don't have that. Like there are times where I just really want to taste the burger. Like I want okay. the I like the meat. Favorite burger in the city? That's a great question. I just passed by this place called Community, uh, like in the Irving Park area. One of my boys, the head bartender, is there where he runs it. Name's One F Jeff. Shout out three room two. And he said that they just got like labeled like top ten or something like that in the country off some other publication or whatever. So community tavern mm. over there. That's okay. that's gonna be nice. Um, I not not a big fan of all Cheval. Really, I'm a, I'm a big fan of small oh, Cheval. I can see why you don't like it because they put the egg is automatic. Egg, they got yeah. that big chunky bacon on there. Yeah, no, I love Their that. Their chicken is really good at all Cheval. Is it? It's low key really okay. good. So yeah, Gabe, do you not like the thick bacon? Listen, I I don't mind it as an app. Just keep it away from my burger. It's funny. My brother hated it. He he liked the burger. He he's he's not from Chicago, so yeah. he, I I took him there, and yeah. I love it. And he had it. He's like, "What the yeah. hell is this?" It's an experience. It's it an really experience. is. It is. But that's why Small Cheval is a jam. You know what I mean? Nine ninety nine for the burger, like that Red Hot Ranch. Those are my two. Okay. Two like greasy burger joints. I'll tell you what, man. This is this might be disappointing because it is a chain, but uh oh. I love Portillo's cheeseburgers. They're double cheeseburgers, fire. They're ridiculous. Tarbroiled, like if you get a double cheeseburger from from Portillo's, like you can just eat that. Yeah, all day. I mean, <laughs> I, I I'm like semi recently. I'm saying like within the last five years or so, discovered their burger because usually I couldn't go to Portillo's and not get beef. Yeah, like that was like that's why I'm going to Portillo's. So I want to get a burger. I'll go to Ocheval or whatever. Yeah. But that, yeah, that's my beef place. And then one day I said, you know what? I think I'm going to get this cheeseburger, and I was blown Fire. away. And now when I go to Portillo's, I'm conflicted. But you always get the double. Don't don't double? get the single. Yeah, don't yeah. get the single. Don't play yourself. So good. No, no, just oh get the man, I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> You're going to go get some salty fries right now. I think I Portillo's. Might. Don't do that to me, man. <sighs> Sucker for a burger. Sucker for some good food. Shout out to Tevin Jenkins. Because it is an effort meal. And it happens. Totally. What's yours? What's like your go? Like you know, 
You stay by yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe yeah. Like well, after a Bears game, you're hungry still, and you order some. Like, and you're like, I don't care what it costs. This is my go-to. It's a great question. It really is. Number twelve I, I from think, Jimmy John's. You know what? Um, I, I'm not. I, I like to go to the grocery store. Like, if I'm doing it like that, I like to like go. Like making a steak. N- not usually that. I, I okay. Probably the number one really sloppy, crazy, ugly meal that I go with is a rotisserie chicken and a big a big bowl of blue cheese <laughs> dressing with every single bite of probably three quarters of, yeah. of the rotisserie That's if badass. not if not all of it if not all of the that rotisserie chicken. oh oh yeah like <laughs> no the, bread just the, just protein no and bread blue just, cheese. just the chunks of blue cheese <laughs> yeah. in there yeah Oh yeah, and, you're and like sometimes watching Monday Night Football. Here, just no, here's the thing too, and I, this is um, a recent addition to that splurge: barbecue sauce mixed with the blue cheese oh. is something to behold. I know maybe on the surface it doesn't sound great, but those two together and yeah. just a Not, falling off the bone rotisserie chicken, man. I know you don't drink, I know you don't smoke weed, but that sounds like something that somebody would be doing. <laughs> <laughs> After barbecue, barbecue and blue oh, cheese, yeah. bro. That's, totally, that's wild. Let's go to the phones. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody here on six seventy. The score. Phone lines are open, by the way. Of course, Tevin Jenkins talking about what his old uh, ritual was at Wendy's. Uh, but we love him. He's mean. He's ferocious. We, we, so we don't care what he eats. Herschel and Lincoln Park. We're discussing uh, burgers here. What's your question? So, first of all, how y'all doing? Number one. What up? Um. What's the difference between Archival and Small Archival? Okay. Um, the, the, the main difference is the price of the burger, right? But Small Archival is more like a, like all you can get at Small Archival is a cheese, cheese like a, a hamburger, cheeseburger, french fries, and that's it. They're not smaller burgers, though, or anything. No, like no, 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 no. They're not like no. sliders, because no. they call them small but, cheval. But, but it's like a, it's like a, like a, you know, put put a put a burger in a wrap and get out the door. It's like, oh, it's like okay. fast paced, like yeah. take your kids there, go get a burger to shake. And a fry, and that's it though. That's all you can order. Alshaval is like a whole menu, you know, like chicken, bacon, okay. actual burgers, whatever. And then the burger itself, like when it comes to your plate, like you know what I mean, like it's a tall ass burger that's like sitting there, beautiful. Whereas small Cheval is like crunched into a wrapper. It's like squeezed I together. You. I got like, you. you know what I mean? Like one I of those got, kind of things. Hear me, Herschel. Let me get Herschel again. Was he still there? Yeah. Oh, I was going to talk to her. Oh, okay. okay. So, um, worry, I do. I have another question for you though okay. that I think is really good. Just as an add-on to this question. Because we could be put another category. What is your favorite fast food burger? Because that that is, I mean, uh, it's, it's there is there is no question what it is. Okay, so wait, hold on, let me guess. Because you don't like bacon, so it's not that. Um, I'm gonna say you seem lo- okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm wrestling between two of them. Yeah, there's yeah. two of them. I'm gonna say either the Whopper mm-hmm. or the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Okay, Whopper, don't like mayo. Okay, out. Or tomatoes, throws okay. me off. It's okay. odd. You mentioned mustard earlier, big, so that's what got me on that. And there's a little mustard on the quarter pounder with cheese. Then then the the uh, the quarter pounder with cheese, sometimes it just doesn't hit like a regular cheeseburger. Okay. You know what I mean? It, it tastes like a McDonald's cheeseburger instead of like this delicious thing I'm tasting. Interesting. Okay, well, that brings us to Wendy's. Or a different burger in the two chains that you've mentioned. Oh right! I said or. Yeah, I didn't necessarily say that was the right answer. Fair enough. Uh, the you know, wouldn't be this. I was gonna say the Junior Whopper. <laughs> no, nah, it's a. Uh, it, it's it's without question Dave's single. Dave's single, simple. So, so not 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 none of the 
the dollar burgers that you get from Wendy's. None of those, because those are just like small I know what you're talking about. Pads. Like an actual Dave single. I, I usually get the Dave double, but like a Dave's double is surprisingly because it's fresh beef, never frozen. Yeah. Shout out to the Wendy's if you ever want to yeah, holler at me. Yeah. Um, Six to nine. <laughs> Gabe Ramirez. Facts. Um, but it is, it's like, a, it tastes like a real, like if you went to a restaurant and got a burger, that's what Dave's single, but it's so expensive. So I never get it. I always just get the four for four. Oh, I didn't or the realize five. that it was that expensive. Yeah. yeah. What else is on, like, because the, like the McDonald's single has like the pickles, onions, mustard, and ketchup. Does, does the Wendy's single have all that? If you want everything, yeah. what's everything on a oh, Dave's single? Is the that best it? Thing, the best thing is, is, the, is the larger raw onions. Damn, I'm going deep. Oh, I really those do are good. Raw, man. Yes. My dad always says, got to have a slice of raw. My dad a slice of raw. Got to have a slice of raw on there. <laughs> it's Gabriel here. It's Mark Grody here on 670 Score. Just detouring a, a bit about food. But again, it's because Tevin Jenkins talked about what his go-to meal was, a Baconator, 10-piece spicy nuggets, large fry, and if he was feeling frosty, he'd get a frosty. That's right. You know what mango frosty. Let's go to Nola in Chicago. Noah, what up? Hey, what up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. I worked at um, – my brother-in-law owns a couple Culver's, so I worked at Culver's uh... for a while, and I think that double deluxe from Culver's is, has been my jam for a little while now, and I, you can say whatever you want about it, but I think they do a really good job every time I get it. Yeah, I got to be honest. Culver's, without question, I, I you know I moved to Oak Park now, so there's a Culver's right there on Roosevelt. Yeah, I'm not well versed in Culver's at all. I think I could yeah. count the number of times I've had it on one hand. They got a, they got a brand new one on Ir- like literally where I was just at telling the story on Irving Park and Cicero. There's a Culver's right over there, but there's one in, in Oak Park by my new house right on Roosevelt over there. And we went there the other day to go get some milkshakes, you know, for the kids or whatever. And then I ended up getting a burger, and yeah. The butter burger is pretty fire. Oh yeah, damn. There's how about how about here's one? Oh, I think I one of my favorite burgers of all time. I don't even know if they still make. I bet they do. The Monster Burger from Hardee's. Are you versed in Hardee's at all? You would not like the Monster Burger because it's like it's sort of like um, it was before the Baconator, I believe. But it was okay. sort of like its predecessor yeah because it's like it's two quarter pound burgers and it's yeah and then just like mountains of bacon and cheese and everything but when it all comes together the the hardy's monster burger yeah now now i know what i'm getting on the way home yep uh but what you are getting in the next five minutes is actual nfl conversation matt verderam is going to be hanging out with us we're going to take a stroll around the nfl and then circle back to the bears and see if they can end up victorious this weekend against the Minnesota Vikings. Matt Verderam joins the show next. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Mark Grody. It's G&G right here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Taking a stroll around the NFL playground with our next guests. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, right here on 670 The Score. Bears taking on the Vikings this weekend. No Justin Jefferson, an injured Jordan Addison, and a Kirk Cousins who doesn't want to let go of anything. Still gonna throw for, You think he's still going to throw for over 300 yards? Probably. Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not Justin Fields. Yeah. I think he will, too. I mean, like... I, Even without Justin Jefferson. I certainly don't rule it out. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks put up big numbers against this Bears sec. I, well, then again... Sam Howell just put up 388, led the league uh, yeah. in, in passing last week. He, uh, the Bears are going to be healthier, though, in the secondary. It looks like. Jalen Johnson was back out there, saw him warming up on the practice field, officially down as limited. Eddie Jackson was out there. Kyler Gordon was out there, saw him put a helmet on. So all those guys could be back in play 
in the Bears secondary. They they actually seem to they held themselves together pretty well, relatively speaking, against Washington. But you just don't want to go too many games without the the Raiders. no absolutely that, that gets exposed real fast. Kirk Cousins three forty four three sixty four three sixty seven to start the season. Then had a pooper against Carolina, threw for one thirty nine. Pooper, <laughs> pooper, <laughs> and then put up two eighty four against KC. I'm glad that you still have the humor that, uh, that I was looking to. <laughs> that I was looking to get to. All right, I'm, I hope our our next guest is chuckling on the phone also while he's waiting, uh, hanging out with us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the NFL writer for Sports Illustrated and a good friend of the show. Uh, welcome back, Matt Verderam. Matt, what up, man? What's going on, guys? How are you? I won't make the follow-up joke. Good. We're we're focusing on Justin Fields Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, Matt. I know you know you've been have you've have a, had a watchful eye on Justin, and in the last two weeks, it seems like you know he's changed the narrative for a lot of fans here in the city. But there are still those of us, myself included, that are still skeptical and you know understand that you still just have to see more. But I think the the gray area is how much more. You have to see from Justin Fields, or or how much, how many more games like the two we've seen as of late that we have to see in order for us to make some sort of declaration that like he's back. A lot more because realistically speaking, the Bears are one and four. You got twelve games left, and the Bears own not only their own pick, but Carolina's first round pick. And so, if you're Justin Fields, you better play great because if you don't, and the Bears have a shot to draft Caleb Williams, you're going somewhere else. I mean, he's going to have to play really well. Right? I don't think there's any two ways about it. Now, that being said, the last two weeks, he's averaged over 300 yards a game. He has eight touchdown passes in that span. Uh, DJ Moore has obviously gone off, especially in that Washington game. And so, you know, that that's this kind of play you need. Not to say he's got to average 300 yards a game going forward. He does that. He would be a, a pro bowler. He would be in the conversation of a top 10 quarterback in the league now. Um, but, yeah, look, Washington's defense is – suspect good in the front end bad in the back end denver's defense gave up 70 points in a game um now minnesota look the tail of the tape in this game is going to be nobody has more pocket time per pass than justin fields in the nfl and nobody blitzes more than minnesota so something's got to give here fields has to be able to beat them quickly he cannot hold the ball in this game so this game the way you're kind of calling it, like this is a legit test for Fields. Like yeah. you'll, you'll, it sounds like you might feel a little bit more for Fields if he gets through this game in good shape. Well, I, I think it's going to force him to play in a way that he doesn't always play. I mean, like one of the biggest criticisms of, of Fields in his NFL career has been he holds on to the ball sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. let's face it, like with, with Brian Flores, Minnesota's coming in this game. I mean, they are not uh-huh. – they blitzed Mahomes like crazy last week. I mean, that didn't work out for them necessarily, but they did it. Like they are they are going to blitz like crazy. I, like, if you look at last year's numbers in terms of team blitz percentage, the, I think the highest number was like 43 44%. Minnesota's blitzing 56% of the time. Like, they, they are just going to bring a ton of pressure and say it's one-on-one. I mean, they play cover zero as much as anybody. They're just going to say, it's one-on-one, and if your guy can beat us, if you make a good throw, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. So, I think in this game, it would show me a lot. If Fields can say, yeah, you know what? I don't need to have the ball for 2.7 seconds per drop. Like, I can throw the ball 2.1 seconds, 
and I can torture secondary. And if he can do that, I think that's a real step for him. Amen. Amen. And that that's well laid out that it would be great to to see that against this defense. Do you think just from what you've seen in these two games from Justin Fields, is your gut to think that it is sustainable? To your point, it doesn't have to be 300 yards and four touchdowns every time, but is some version of this sustainable? Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, look, I, I think the first three games of the year, part of the problem, and I, I mean, I'm not breaking news with this, was the Bears were trying to force him to play in a way that he's not comfortable with. And part of his renaissance, if you will, has been like they, they played Denver, who can't stop a nosebleed. So, I mean, part of that is Denver's one of the worst defenses ever witnessed through five weeks of the year. But Fields did what you should do against a bad defense. He destroyed them. He played great, especially in the first half. Just completely carved them up. And then Washington, that's actually a defense that usually can get some pressure. Um, and and he, he did everything you'd want to see in that game. I mean, he threw the ball all over the field. He took shots down the field. It wasn't just a bunch of, hey, you know, I threw a ball five yards and D.J. Moore ran 80. So I, I think it is sustainable. The biggest thing I want to see out of Luke Getsy this week is, listen, you know they're bringing pressure. This is a game where – you're going to get one-on-ones, and you're going to get them without safety help. And you're getting them against the secondary. Let's just call it what it is. They're not good. I mean, this is a team in Minnesota that they don't have corners you're scared of. Byron Murphy's fine. He's not a number one corner on a lot of teams. Okay, and then you go down to, you know, Makai Blackman. I like him. Mid-round pick this year out of USC for them. He's on the shorter side. He's a rookie. Like, this is a game where if you're Getsy, you should be dialing up some shots down the field. Hey, take a three-step drop and throw it up there for DJ Moore. Let him go make a play. That's why you got him. So I, I want to see the Bears try to hit on some big plays here. Try to try to take some shots down the field. I, I think it'll be there. Uh, but I think, look, Justin Fields, the talent is there. He's just got to continue to execute, and he's obviously done a great job in the last two weeks. We're talking to Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez alongside Mark Grody. Matt, when, when, for me, the biggest conversation when it comes to Justin Fields is whether or not he's a top 15 quarterback, right? And I think that – and my question for you is, you know, you obviously evaluate the entire NFL, and so you see what teams have what quarterbacks and, where, you know, where they sit in the, the, the bell curve of the NFL. When you look at a guy like Justin Fields, and it's not to take away from his talent, right, because I think everyone can agree that he is talented. But if, you're, if you personally, Matt, were trying to win games in the NFL – and you say to yourself, you're trying to set yourself up for the future for success. And I'm talking about ultimate success, not just, you know, being 500, but, you know, going deep in the playoffs and competing for a championship. Like, how, how quick are you to, to hit a reset button, you know, without, you know, on a guy like Justin Fields because you, you might not see him in that top 15 space? Well, it's a, good, it's a good question. It's a tough question. I would say this. If they can draft Caleb Williams, I'm drafting Caleb Williams. Like period end of the story. Uh, unless unless Fields is just unbelievable the rest of the year, because I think Caleb Williams is probably one of the three best prospects to come out of the draft as a quarterback since John Elway in 1983. I mean, he's up there in like that Manning luck category. With all due respect to Trevor Lawrence, he's a better prospect coming out than Trevor Lawrence was. So if I'm the Bears and I'm sitting there, whether it's their pick or Carolina's pick, I'm taking Caleb Williams. And then, then, then I, I just whatever whatever they get to feel fine, but if they don't have that pick, 
then I'm looking at Fields, and I'm saying, all right, listen, right now, is he a top-20 quarterback? No, he's probably not because he's got to prove that he can consistently throw on schedule, throw, you know, win from the pocket, which he's doing more of here the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know that the athleticism is through the roof. I mean, that, that's obvious. Um, but I'll say this. I think his potential is top 10 because you look at a lot of guys in this league, okay? Actually, who they're playing this week, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Yes. For all the, for all the flack he gets, Kirk Cousins is a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. But you're never winning a Super Bowl with him, right? I mean, unless unless you're just surrounding him with unbelievable talent, he uh-huh. goes the route of a you know of a, of a Trent Dilfer, right, or, or Brad Johnson, if you will. They you need to have in this league probably a top eight guy. If Fields can start throwing the ball more on time, seeing what he needs to see, and I look, I think the IQ is there, no question. It's, it's more just trusting himself and letting the ball go. If he can do that. I mean, the, the sky's the limit. The talent is, is evident. But, yeah, he does have a ways to go. And, by the way, that's fine. I mean, he's early on in his career. But also because of the circumstances that we've talked about, he needs to show that over the next 12 years. He doesn't have the luxury mm. of, hey, two more years. And so he's not going to get two more years. He doesn't right. play well. He's going to get 12 games. Yep. And, you know, the, the guy that is – going to hopefully for his sake anyway get there is dj Moore, and we, we saw right. a big chunk of that against washington i want to i want to try to put dj Moore in perspective because at least before this obviously nationally televised game you didn't really see dj Moore making people's power you know top 10 power rankings wide receivers and is he one of those elite guys is, is DJ Moore one of those elite guys? Does he belong in that club, or was this just a career achievement? I don't think he's a top 10 receiver, but I think he's a legitimate number one receiver. Um, I, I think you know, to be number one or to be top 10 is so hard because you're talking about you know Jefferson and Chase and Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And I, you know, see, I mean, it's just, you know, people say top 10. They don't actually go through the top 10 until right, they're right. oh, wow, like you know, <laughs> Devontae Adams. Like, uh-huh. is he tough? Like, it's just, it's hard. I think he's from 10 to 20. I think he's in that range. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I mean, that's a really good player. That's a guy who, excuse me, if you look at, if you look at the league, you know, there are guys getting paid $25 million who are not top. I mean, T Higgins next year, if he gets free agency, is going to get four and a hundred easy. I mean, T Higgins is not a top 10 receiver in the NFL. He's a damn good player. He's not top 10. You know, I mean, is AJ Brown a top 10? If he's not, he's right on the border, right? I think he probably is. But I mean, Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin's a fabulous player, 25 years. So, you know, I think with the receivers in the way that now the ball's thrown so much and it's different than it was 25 years ago, I mean, I, I think Moore's from 10 to 20. Um, and I think that he's better than many other teams, even some good teams, uh, and they're number one receivers. I, I think you can win plenty with him as your top guy on the outside. Talking to Matt Verderam here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. Let's talk about the rest of the NFL. I'm almost tapped out on Bears. For let's today. do it. Um, outside of the Eagles and the let's see, the Eagles, the Niners, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Tell me a team that you re- and Miami. Tell me a team that you really like. Give me a give me a dark horse team that you really like. Just like watching, like following. You're checking their box scores because they're an interesting team to you. Detroit. I th- I think Detroit is a lot better than people think they are. Like, and not because they're a fun little story because they're the Lions and they've been bad since the advent of TV. 
Okay, like they they can beat just about anybody up front. And when you can do that, you are going to give teams problems. Like I'll tell you right, if I was Philly or San Francisco in the NFC, other than facing each other, Detroit is the team I would fear more than anybody else. Because that team can whip you up front, and Hutchinson can wreck a game. Like that, I've seen them twice in person this year. I, I saw them week one against Kansas City, and I saw them week, what, four against Green Bay on a Thursday night. And look, the game against Kansas City was impressive. Although it was a weird game, and the Chiefs dropped a million passes. And okay, fine. You walked out of that going, yeah, Detroit played well, but, you know, okay. It was more about the Chiefs. They're missing Kelsey and Jones. They destroyed the Packers. Like, in a way that I, I was sitting up in the box and just saying, oh, my God. I mean, the Packers can't get off the field. They can't do anything. It, it looked like they were playing a college team the first half of that game. The Lions, Goff has experience. You know, they, I love their rookie class. Laporte has been a steal for them so far. Gibbs, I think, is only going to get better as the year goes on. Obviously, they have David Montgomery. Um, I think they're in the AFC, you know, it's funny. Everybody thought the AFC would be so loaded. You're looking at it right now going, okay, it's Kansas City. It's, it's then probably Miami. I mean, Buffalo's there, but Buffalo is just ravaged by injuries. Um, I still think Cincinnati, if Burrow can get right, they're the team to watch. But the question is, can he get right? Or is this just going to happen all year long where that calf kind of goes and stops and starts? What's up with the Patriots? I mean, they're one and four. Is this it for Bel- Bill Belichick? What's wrong with the Patriots? We 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 need a lot more time than we have. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't believe like guys. after all of those years of being hit over the head with the greatness of the New England Patriots, we're in a place now. When you that, trade away, when you trade away a pick, and then you trade away those picks, and then you trade away those picks uh, to get eight yeah. seventh rounders. Sometimes it just kind of pans out like that. Is man. Bill messing it all up? Is that what's going on? Yeah, look, Bill is obviously one of, if not the greatest coaches of all time, but he is not one of the greatest GMs of all time. And they got away with bad drafting for years at the end of Brady's career there. Yeah. Because it's on Brady. And they had Gronk. And they had Edelman. And, and, and Belichick, for whatever fault he may have, he's, in my opinion, the greatest defensive coach to ever grace the field. I mean, he, he comes up with things that nobody thinks of, and he dominates games by it. But at this point, I think, look, he's not going to get fired in season, nor should he. That would be a disgrace after all that he's done knowing one. But I do think, you know, Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, they're going to have to sit down the end of the year with Bill and say, look, you can no longer run the personnel department here. And if you want to stay on as a head coach, fine. But you can't be in charge of personnel. Now, that's where things are going to get, if that happens, which I think it will happen, that's going to get very interesting because that whole staff, it's not like somebody else hired them. I mean, Bill hired all those people. So <laughs> you're going to clean out his whole staff? Yeah. I mean, is, is it almost 72 years old? Is Bill Belichick going to be on board with that? The other question you ask yourself, let's say they're in a position to draft a Drake May or a Michael Penix out of Washington. Do you want a, a Belichick who's in the twilight of his career? Like, Do you want him to be there for the first two years and then somebody else takes over, or do you just want somebody to be there from, from day one? Interesting. I mean, it's it's tough. I think there's a very real chance this is his last year there. Absolutely. Yeah. When you paint when you paint it when you paint the picture that way, Matt, it seems as though most certainly like this is just going to be the swan song. Like this will be it. And I'll have conversations. It'll be a tough reality, and it, it'll be uh, difficult for 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 me to see any other pathway um, than anything like that. All right, uh, Matt. I appreciate you hanging out with us, man. As always, great stuff. And hopefully, uh, Justin Fields can be that that quarterback that makes it undeniable. Uh, by the end of the season. Hey, good luck, guys. Good talking <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, safe. Matt Verderan, make sure you check him out 
on Twitter. He's from Sports Illustrated, hanging out with us here on 670. The score, it is Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody. I have a list from Fox Sports. You know, Carmen Vitali, who will be hanging out with me on Friday, uh, just as a guest. Uh, this is, you know, she was a part of this list of the top 10 wide receivers in the league. Mm. And the list is interesting. Without question, Justin Jefferson sitting at top with Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, 2-3 respectively. Jamar Chase following behind there. Stephon Diggs and A.J. Brown. Understandable. Those, nobody's shocking anything. Cooper Cup, of course, injured. That's why he dropped to number seven there. No questions. Top seven spoken for. So we only have eight, nine, and ten if you're going to try to put D.J. Moore in that space. Eight, nine, and ten according to Fox Sports, including our homie, uh, Carmen Vitale. CeeDee Lamb Mm. from the Dallas Cowboys. Understandable. Yeah. Debo Samuel from the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. And then number 10 is where it all starts to get mm. gray. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you could make an argument for DJ Moore. DJ Moore, right. I'm on Ross St. Brown, mm. who I like. I've had him on my fantasy teams. Terrific. Stud. Yeah. Golf throws him the ball a million times a game. Like, love it. I get it. But I'd make, I, I think you can make a case for DJ Moore. I was going to say, I don't automatically no. think of. I'm on Ross St. Brown has not had a thousand yards for his first four or five right. seasons or whatever. Like, oh, numbers. yeah, there's no way. No. no. And I like him. He's ascending. You know, right. that's why. Yeah. Number 11, Terry McLaurin, as Matt Verderam mentioned. He's doing who's good, too. Very good. But he's not elite, obviously. I mean, Mike Evans, after that. Mm. Another guy, thousand yards yeah. for his entire career. Yeah. Jalen Waddle, DK Metcalf. That's who rounds out the top 14. No number 15 player. Assuming that 14 would, of them, huh? 14 of them. So that so DJ Moore could not crack. I mean, but, but I, I'm not outraged it, you by You can make it. an argument about it, though, Of course right? you could. Like, of course you could. Mike Evans, okay, I, I put Mike Evans before Amon Ross St. Brown. I would, too. Just in terms of, like, you know, whatever. DK Metcalf's super stud when he's playing right. But, like, Jalen Waddle, love him. But I'd rather have DJ Moore than Jalen Waddle. Or is that me being a homer? So can we agree that those last five that you named off, DJ Moore is in that category? I think so. Guys. Look, yeah. I'm on Ross St. Brown. He's a 10, yeah. to, fi- 10 yes. to 15, top 10 to 15 wide receiver in the NFL. Absolutely. That goes without, that's right. without right. question. I mean, it's really tough. Like, if, if it really just came down to, to, to inches on the statistics and the numbers, I'd love to see that shaken out. But, yeah, just on the surface, absolutely, there there's some replacement possibilities with about three guys in that top 15. It is wild to think that the Bears have a top 15 wide receiver. I know. That's wild. I mean, they had a pretty good one in Allen Robinson, but not obviously not like. But this. it wasn't like top ten Allen Robinson. No, no, like he it wasn't. was good. But it, yeah, no, you know, you're absolutely DJ right. We, playing we, like a top fifteen. But I do receiver. remember that that same thing happening with Allen Robinson because he was always second tier number one wide receiver, yeah. number uh, tier two elite, <laughs> yeah. second team all American. With the Jaguars? That was cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Garbage that's right. time touchdowns, garbage yeah, fourth exactly. quarter yards. Yeah, that's cute. Well, didn't he have? Well, he was injured actually the year that didn't he 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 broke down after three games and the Bears still signed him in free agency and it was actually yeah. the gamble paid off but he did have a fourteen hundred yard season I believe in Jacksonville too he definitely made some good plays where you were like oh wow that's what a wide receiver is I oh like yeah. Brandon oh Lewis, absolutely like, like, oh, no no wow. I mean you felt pretty good yeah there are some like through the years like it felt really good having Allen Robinson with the Bears it felt really good having Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. With the Bears. Uh, back in the day, it felt really good having Curtis Conway and Jeff Graham yes. on the Bears. Those two guys. like they're, they're, but, but here I am. I'm able to pretty much name the good receivers in a two-minute radio segment from the Bears. In like 30-second radio segment. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of – well, I mean, the old school, obviously, Johnny Morris – 
right. back in well, the day. Gall, yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, Dennis McKinnon, if right. you'd like. Yeah, they were effective wide receivers for the Bears, for sure. You know what I was thinking about as a comp for Bill Belichick? You know whose comp is in another sport? Wait, wait, wait. Greg Popovich. Yeah. Okay. Like, because like, talk about reviving the career. Yeah. Like, he was lost without yeah. Tim Duncan. But it's interesting, though, that, that Matt Verderham said, do you want to give, you know, a Drake May or Michael Penix to a guy like Bill Belichick? But that's exactly what they're doing in San Antonio. Uh, exactly. Mbanyama, right? That's, that I, that's what I was thinking. That mm. right, but is it? I guess it's different in basketball. And Pop Popovich is Popovich. I mean, he's like he runs that. Town. Right. It's easy to it's easy to coach twenty five or twenty percent of your team in the form of Victor Wembanyama as opposed to like a quarterback on a fifty three man roster. You know, twenty two of them are out there. Imagine Popovich when they get Wembanyama and he's like, "Oh, you're back." <laughs> he's like, "I'm back, baby." Yeah. It's like he just can't not <laughs> His have house superstar. Was on the market. It was on the market, and then they got the first round pick. The first thing <laughs> he's like, "Oh." Take it off the market. Pick up the sign. <laughs> Pick up the sign now. <laughs> He's Mark Grody. I'm Gabe Ramirez. One last break when we come back right here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Hanging out with you for a few more minutes right here on 670 The Score. It is Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody. And this team, is, people have been using the phrase addition by subtraction for the last couple of weeks, Groats. Someone has left the team, and as a result of it, you know, there's less people to, to keep happy, and therefore uh, the Bears are operating at a higher level because of the removal of Chase Claypool. Don't have to deal with it anymore. Nobody has to deal with it. The teammates don't have to answer about him. They don't have to deal with him. Matt Eberflus doesn't have to answer questions about him. For Ryan Poles, it sucks. <laughs> you have to admit it and say what it is. But yeah, uh, Chase Claypool actually had the opportunity to speak. Now he's a member of the Miami Dolphins. And he talked about, you know, his time with the Chicago Bears. Take a listen to this. Chase, what do you, what do you think went wrong in Chicago? And why do you think it's going to be better here? Um, you know, I just, um, I think that uh, when you lose, like, a lot of games in a row, there's frustration, um, naturally. I think, uh, you know, that's new for everybody, I'm sure, um, from the top down. So I think just uh, being excited, um, you know, about, like, you know, getting some wins and stuff like that. I think that's just coming naturally, and, and once you start winning, uh, you know things start getting less frustrating. Obviously, I love that he said from the top down, and he didn't he didn't mince words there, and I think that that was intentional. He could have just said, "Yeah, things are bad for everybody," you know, like and just kept like a vague blanket over that. But from the top down, that that lets me know that makes me think. I should say, not know, but it makes me think that he his conversation. Because you can only imagine what the conversations were like with Ryan Poles, right? Like, so like, I'm sure it's like they were frustrated up on top, and it's coming down. And I think he probably, when he says the top, he's not talking about Eberflus. He's talking about Ryan Poles. Yeah, well, I, to me, it says he didn't want to be part of a rebuild. Like, if he's talking about, if he's mentioning the top, that's where the plan starts. Ryan Poles' plan, although, you know, didn't say it, can't say it, is... It was a rebuild, and this is year two of the rebuild. And Chase Claypool realized he was didn't like being a part of that. I thought it was a good answer. Like I don't know really what went on, but his his overall answer was it just sucks losing. And there's no doubt he was <laughs> the team lost eleven in a row last year. Didn't want to be a part of it. Didn't want to be part of it, and it, it weighed on him. And I, I on the surface I understand that from a player, and I actually applaud that. From a player. Now, 
I don't think that the winning really was what got on Chase Claypool because if Chase Claypool had been targeted 10 times a game, you know, a little bit more off every once in a while, every once in a while, then he would have been just fine. It's, it, it was him not finding his place in the offense and it's the, the culpability is on Chase Claypool for that because trust me, they wanted Chase Claypool to be featured in this most offense, certainly. most certainly. So that part is on him, but I, I can't disrespect the guy for basically saying losing sucked and there was a hell of a lot of it in my year and a half with the Bears, or not even a year and a half. Would you rather be you know, third fiddle or fourth if you're thinking about the run game as a whole, right? like Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, the run game, and then Chase Claypool? Would you <laughs> rather be fourth fiddle on a, on a winning team or, you know, second fiddle on a team that's growing. Yeah, and he's made his choice, I guess. Well, we'll find out. So, here, be careful what you wish for. Oh, you hated all that losing top top down? Yeah, you're going to be inactive uh, every third week <laughs> in, during your time with my – But, hey, hey you're going to get that playoff portion, though? Yeah. And hey, you yeah. may even get a Super Bowl portion. You yeah, we'll see. be dancing in the locker room. So, we'll find out. No, it's a great question. I guess l- let's see. Let's see because Chase Claypool is not going to be a big part unless they have, like, running back – Bears running back room injuries in their receiver room. Chase Claypool is not going to be featured in that offense. And I don't say this joyously. No. My conversations were all good with Chase Claypool. I rather – enjoyed speaking to the man but he just he strike three and you're out pal it's gonna be interesting i wonder how many catches he's gonna have tyree kill 510 Jalen waddle 510 chase claypool 64 the only other guy they have that's that that big robbie chosen 63 his height didn't really come into play with the bears though did it i mean that we said that same thing you like you got these these smaller receivers bringing chase claypool and every time i saw him go for a 50 50 ball with the bears somebody else got the ball Ooh, or there was a penalty shade thrown i love yeah, it yeah. <laughs> all right on the way out too i gotta thank our guests for today ruthie polinski and matt verderam want to thank our producer handling solo duties today mr alex coon but it, don't shh. I thought it was going to be a... Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was going to be like a little audio sounder or something like that. I was looking up at the somebody okay. who's being carried off the gymnastics floor again. Grody, Grody, always a pleasure uh, working with you, brother. Love working with you. Always and yep. always and always. Uh, next time I'll be on the air tomorrow, 6 o'clock, leading you into Thursday Night Football. And then Friday at 6, myself and Hub Arcus get to talk to you about this Vikings game as well. Hey, Hub. All right, mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time, I am Gabe Ramirez. He is Mark Grody. And this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.